Y Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zweig Group team looks forward to welcoming you. You're listening to a Zweig Letter Podcast exclusive, putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting guru Mark Zweig and his team of experts straight talk in your ear. Mark has more than 30 years of experience helping AEP and environmental firms thrive, and these podcasts deliver his invaluable management, industry, client, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcasts let you develop professionally, wherever you are. Hey, folks, and welcome to session number four of Knowing Your Numbers, part of the Becoming a Better Recruiter webinar series. My name is Randy Wilburn, and I'm the executive director. Ah, I'm the director of executive search here at Zwei Group, and I am certainly excited uh, to be with you once again for the fourth of six sessions on becoming a better recruiter. And today I'm really excited because we are going to be talking about knowing your numbers and your KPIs or key performance indicators when it comes to recruitment metrics. You know, it's it's one of the areas of talent acquisition that we don't always talk about, but it's really important for us to have a good grasp on our numbers, both internally and externally, as we go out and try to recruit the best and brightest talent to help join our company. Um, you know, throughout this Becoming a Better Recruiter webinar series, we've been tackling a number of issues like recruitment and relationship and marketing and how those three come together. Uh, we've talked about um, making your firm a great place to work. And now this is where we get a chance to kind of marry some of the practical aspects of recruiting with uh, some of the fundamental analytics that you need to keep track of throughout the uh, recruitment and retention process. All numbers matter. And we're going to I'm going to make a case for that today. And I hope that um, you're able to walk away with some helpful tips on how to gain a better understanding and a better control of your talent acquisition process and figure out what are the necessary metrics to help you determine whether or not what you're doing actually works. So for what, without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Um, my name, again, is Randy Wilburn. I am the director of executive search here at Zweig. Um, I've been involved uh, in the recruiting and HR space since the 90s. Um, I've been uh, with, I was originally an owner at Zweig Group, and I um, started with the firm back in 97. At the time, we were Zweig White and Associates, and now we're Zweig Group. Um, I'm an author, speaker, uh, consultant, trainer, and business coach. And... Um, 
you know, so I'm just excited to be here with you guys. I usually don't talk about myself on these webinars, but I figured what the heck, uh, we could talk a little bit about uh, who I am and what I do. Um, just a little bit about Zwei Group. Um, we have been around since 1988 uh, when Mark Zweig started the company um, in a garage in Natick, Massachusetts. Uh, we recently, as I said, rebranded from Zweig White to Zweig Group. And um, we are focused solely on the architecture, engineering, planning, uh, environmental consulting, and construction industry. Uh, we come from your industry, so that's why uh, we believe that the advice that we have to share and the information that we share uh, in this space is so valuable and important, especially to all of you that are working in the design industry. Um, we've been three times uh, named to the Inc. 500 5000 list. Uh, of fastest growing privately held companies. And this is important simply from the, the fact that we practice what we preach. Um, we don't tell our clients to do something that we don't do ourselves. And we certainly don't read um, all of the latest and greatest business management books and just spout off, off to you the things that those books say that you should do. Um, we have uh, taken tried and true methods of business management, business growth, uh, and, and put it into practice on a regular basis. And we share that with our clients on a daily basis, um, just like we're doing right here, right now with this uh, webinar. And so we certainly hope that you get something out of it. And last but not least, our goal always has always been and will always be that Zweig Group exists to make our clients more successful, both from an individual standpoint, as well as from a um, company standpoint. And so we, we stand behind that uh, and, and we'll always do so. Now, one of the things I want to ask you is if you don't measure what you do, how do you know if it's working? And that's one of the issues that we, we talk about when it comes to um, recruitment analytics. If you have a recruitment recruiting program with your firm, and you're not measuring certain uh, aspects of that recruitment program, how do you know if it's effective or not? Uh, or how do you know if you're spending the right amount of money to acquire um, you know, that next best, uh, next best project engineer or that next best project architect that you need to bring on or that next landscape architect that you so desperately need um, to be able to do some of the work that's coming through your door? Uh, it's important for you to be able to fully measure the effectiveness of any recruitment and retention program that you're undertaking in your organization. So, you know, that's why we titled this Know Your Numbers. Uh, obviously, a good recruitment program keeps track of all the statistics related to talent acquisition analytics. Um, obviously, you want to know how many candidates uh, that you have uh, for every job opening. How long does it take to fill a position in days? Uh, what is the cost for advertising? online newspaper? Um, what is the cost for employment fees? Um, maybe you have hired a recruiter or, uh, you know, or something along those lines. Uh, what is it costing you to do that? Um, what is the cost for relocation? Um, what is your offer to acceptance ratio? Um, what is the opportunity cost based on lost revenue from an unfilled position? It's a very important question that needs to be answered. Um, and then what about the turnover of new employees versus old? So you, if you can figure out a way to drive these metrics in the right direction, 
and show trend lines over time, you'll be doing a lot better than some of your peer firms out there when it comes to keeping track of um, the recruitment metrics that you are trying to utilize within your organization. Now, I was recently participating in a, an online program and they shared some of the most frequently used recruiting metrics. And so I took the liberty uh, to share this information with you guys because I think it's very interesting. Um, we're going to talk about some of these metrics, but we're not going to talk about all of them. But I think you should be aware of some of the most popular recruiting metrics that are out there. Uh, that you could be keeping track of. And so you see the list here, source of hire is probably the highest and most frequently used recruiting metric. Um, time to hire, applicants per hire, candidate experience, um, cost per hire, retention, uh, offer acceptance per hire, um, quality of hire, vacancies versus positions filled over time, uh, of course, diversity, which is a very important issue for a lot of firms, um, talent pipeline growth, employer branding, application completion rate, cold outreach, email response rate, net company growth, social engagement, and the list goes on and on. But those are some of the most frequently used recruiting metrics, according to um, some research done by Jibe.com and Beamery. Dot com, Two really good organizations um, that uh, you can find out some great information from when it comes to um, talent acquisition analytics. So when it comes to recruitment and retention at your firm, how many key performance indicators are you tracking? And that's essentially the question that I'm asking each and every one of you that is uh, watching this webinar um, whether live or uh, watching the replay of this video or even listening to the podcast. It's a question that you, you must answer, okay? How many key performance indicators are you tracking? If you're not tracking uh, enough of them or if you're not tracking any of them, you need to figure out how you start tracking them. And the goal over the next 30 to 45 minutes is, is for us to give you enough information to utilize so that you can come up with some ways to track this information and do it in a way that makes sense to all of the different um, audiences that you're going to share it with. Um, obviously, the leadership of your firm, uh, hiring managers, the recruiting team, HR, uh, each one is going to have a different vested interest in these recruitment analytics. And so you wanna make sure you're asking the right questions across the board. So let's take a look at seven of the most common KPIs or key performance indicators and how you would calculate them. Uh, again, remember, I, I showed you way more than seven on the uh, one of the previous slides uh, of the most frequently used recruiting metrics. But the reality is, is that you're going to have to start somewhere. And so if it were me and you called me up and said, well, Randy, you know what? Where should we start? Here's where I would start. And I would uh, I'm going to share with you, I think, seven of what I would term to be of uh, the most common key performance indicators that you should consider using. Number one, qualified candidates. For our purposes, think of a qualified candidate as someone that is determined to be a good fit for the job after an initial phone interview. 
These are individuals that once you've spoken to them on the phone, you, you've said, you know what? I got to bring Bob in. I got to bring Sue in because they really sound solid. I like their experience. I think they could be a real fit uh, here at the organization. And so um, that would be considered a qualified candidate. And um, here is the uh, way to calculate qualified candidates. And it's very simple. Qualified candidate equals the total candidates per opening who advance past the phone screen stage. So if you talk to 10 people in a phone screen and four of them advance beyond that stage, and that is the extent of the number of people that you're physically talking to um, for a position, then that is the total number of qualified candidates that you have in the process. Uh, even at Zui Group, where when we do recruiting, we talk about potential candidates and then we talk about candidates. And we only consider a candidate a candidate once we know that the client is interested in them and they have passed the phone screen. So it's important to be able to quantify and to calculate that. The second statistic is time to fill. Time to fill gives you a clear picture of the efficiency of your recruitment strategy. Um, one of the issues that comes up is that that can skew these numbers includes whether or not your recruiters are reaching out immediately after a candidate applies and the time that it takes to schedule an interview. One of the most important things that we say is that recruited candidates are like fruit. They do go stale after a while. And even good fruit becomes ripe over time and even ripe fruit gets old. And so it's important to react as soon as you get these candidates so that you can move them through the recruitment pipeline. Um, if you wait too long, you could run the risk of losing out on a really good candidate. And so time to fill uh, with regard to a recruitment metric is very important because it shows you how effective your recruitment process is of taking people through the system. And here's the time to fill formula. Time to fill equals the total number of days a job is available and unfilled. Um, the average time to fill equals the total number of days of, of open jobs divided by the total number of jobs open. Uh, and again, you can take all of these um, different uh, calculations and plug them in with your own numbers. You can create spreadsheets. There are a number of different ways for you to keep track of this, but we just want to give you um, the simple formulas to use. And if you ever have any problems with these, um, we'll be sharing our contact information at the end of this presentation. And you're more than welcome to contact us for help uh, or for some clarification on how to make these formulas work for your particular situation. But the time to fill formula is an important one. And again, time to fill equals the total number of days a job is available and unfilled. Uh, if you've had a project engineer position open for a mechanical engineer for, um, you know, 70 days uh, and it has not been filled, that's the that's the time that you originally opened the requisition um, to the time till today, and it's been 70 days, well, the time to fill is that total number of days that you've had it open. And then you can get the average time to fill based on the total number of days that are op of open jobs divided by the total number of jobs that you have open. 
and that will give you uh, a a, um, a figure to work with with regard to the actual time to fill formula. Number three, an offer acceptance rate. This recruitment metric tracks the offer you extend to candidates and whether they get accepted or not. You should consider calculating this figure after the interview and application process is complete. So the idea here is that you've had a phone interview with this person. You've probably brought them in to meet with you face to face and you've interviewed them and you've decided that they are a fit for your organization and you have um, you have had them complete the application. At this point is when you start to calculate whether or not um, they're going to go through the offer phase and accept it. OK, and so here's what a uh, rate, a formula would look like. The offer acceptance rate as a percentage equals the number of acceptances divided by the number of offers times 100 or an offer to acceptance ratio equals number of offers divided by number of acceptances. OK, and that will give you a ratio to work with. <clears throat> And of course, that could look like, you know, simple example would be um, you've had, um, you know, 10 people. Um, uh, let's say let's say you've made 10 offers and five people have accepted those offers. Well, then your rate is obviously 50 percent. And that just kind of gives you an idea of um, the offer to acceptance rate. Um, based on how you guys are operating. And, and certainly you're going to see a difference um, uh, with the offer to acceptance rate across different positions that you have open, uh, but then also you can get a, a general number for your whole company. So you can track this on a discipline by discipline um, uh, basis, or you could track it at, on an overall company basis. I think it's important to look at both um, figures. Number four, hires to goal. Um, and this is simply the total number of hires you need within a set period of time. And obviously that set period of time can be monthly, quarterly, or annual based on a target goal that you have. And normally if you run into problems with this goal, you should consider looking at other recruitment metrics like the time to source a candidate and move through the recruitment process, et cetera. Um, this can help to identify pain points that impact your firm's ability to reach your hiring goal. Um, so again, however you determine the time period for your hiring goal, you should come up with one, whether it's quarterly, that maybe you want to fill five positions in a quarter, uh, or whether it's an annual goal or whether it's a monthly goal, you should determine what that goal is and stick with it so and use that that goal as the number to uh, run your um, calculations with. And here's what the calculations would look like with regard to a hires to goal formula. Hires to goal equals total new hires divided by your hiring goal. OK, and so maybe if your hiring goal is 10 people a quarter and in a quarter you filled eight positions then that would be eight divided by 10. Um, and that would give you uh, an idea of your hiring goal. Cost per hire. The cost per hire metric adds up all expenses that go towards hiring uh, a new employee 
and demonstrates the value of your recruitment method. Uh, and it's important to understand whether you use external or internal recruitment um, people, you need to keep track of all of the costs related to it. And this isn't a zero-based budget here in terms of zeroing out everything. You're not gonna always be able to keep track of every single expense, but you should regularly keep track of as many expenses as possible related to the cost per hire, whether it is our fees that you you that your company um, accrues from an external source like a recruit outside recruiter, or whether it's fees for the people that you pay internally uh, within your your internal recruitment team, and that might be salary, um, the benefits, etc. Uh, that all play a part of that. Then you also have costs like relocation expenses, um, relocation trips, bonus money paid out. All of that needs to be factored into the process in terms of what the actual cost per hire is uh, for each individual that you bring on board. And and here's essentially, um, let's see, the cost per hire formula is simply the cost per hire dollar amount, which equals your total external costs plus your total internal costs divided by the total number of hires. And that will give you a cost per hire formula. Uh, and that, that number should be, that cost per hire formula should equal a number that is a dollar figure. Uh, and that will give you an idea that if you have to hire 30 people in a year, and you know on average your, your cost per hire is X, then you can extrapolate those numbers out and determine what it will cost your firm to hire 30 people. And year over year, you can adjust these numbers based on what your costs are. Um, I would personally look at these numbers on an annual basis and year over year, figure out how you can, where you can pare down costs and how you can keep track of your costs so that you can, you know, get the best bang for your buck uh, when going out and trying to hire new people. Another metric that you want to hire, want to use is diversity hiring metrics. Um, while we don't have a specific formula for this metric, it is one that more and more firms are trying to keep track of to determine areas of shortcoming, if any, um, within the realm of diversity. Um, you can track diversity based on levels of change of minority representation within your organization, changes in pay disparities between um, between sexes, um, retention of underrepresented staff, um, sources of diversity hires. Where are you finding these diverse hires and more? There are so many different um, uh, ways that you can you can check this. Uh, issue of diversity and determine how you guys are doing. And if you don't feel like you're very diverse, um, chances are you need to figure out a way to uh, implement um, some type of diversity hiring metric to figure out where uh, you're coming up short. If it is your desire to create as diverse of a workforce as possible, which, you know, obviously, um, you know, our goal is to encourage our clients to go out there and um, hire the best people for the job. Um, and, and certainly um, in this day and age, uh, with all of the different people from all walks of life coming into the um, design um, uh, space, 
whether it's on the engineering or architectural side or landscape architecture or planning or environmental science, um, construction management. Um, we're seeing a cornucopia of folks from all walks of life. And so we certainly encourage you to look both both near and far um, for these individuals. And, and certainly we want you to hire the best people for the job. Um, but if diversity is a concern or if you maybe want to see where your shortcomings are, 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 you can certainly implement a diversity hiring metric that will help you to maybe see maybe some of the blind spots that you may have as a company that's not affording you the opportunity to hire um, um, as diverse of a workforce as you may like to. So um, certainly take that for what it's worth. And, and if you if you want to implement that, also check out WorkforceDiversityNetwork.com. They've got some great advice and great ideas about how to uh, improve in this area of diversity hiring uh, and also specifically how to keep better track of your numbers from a diversity hiring perspective. And then last but not least, um, retention rates. The retention rate tracks the total number of employees who stay with your firm over a given period of time out of the total number of employees you had when that period began. And obviously retention is very important. And we know in the design industry um, in general and some of the recruitment and retention uh, surveys that we have done, uh, we have basically seen um, probably like a 10% um, uh, transition rate with firms where you know on average, Firms are are losing about ten percent of their workforce uh, as a whole um, per year, uh, and that's an industry average. Obviously, some are going to be higher than that. Some firms are going to be lower than that. Some firms have very little attrition when it comes to losing people. But you want to keep track of this so you have an idea of how many people you need to hire on an annual basis in order to grow or to at least stay at the status quo of keeping um, your numbers where they were the year before. Most of the people that we run across are trying to grow. So if someone says to me, I'm a hundred person firm and we want to go by, grow by 20% per year. And while we experience a 10% attrition rate, which is the industry average, that means that we lose 10 people a year, but we're trying to also grow by 20%. And since we're a hundred people right now, that means we want to add 20 new people. And in order to grow and maintain, uh, in order to grow and also deal with the attrition rate, we need to add 30 new people um, throughout the year to get to the number that we're trying to get to. So it's not just what, how, how much do you want to grow? And well, we just need to add that number of people to grow. You also have to take into consideration the attrition rate within your organization. Obviously, the lower the attrition rate, the less you have to worry about backfilling people that are walking out of the company as opposed to just adding to the new growth. So it's really important to know these numbers from that perspective. And here's what uh, a specific formula would look like. Uh, the retention rate as a percentage equals total employees still employed at, at the end of a period. And you can do this on a quarterly, uh, obviously a monthly basis or a quarterly basis or an annual basis. Um, I would probably recommend that you choose a quarterly or annual basis to keep track of the retention rate within your organization. Um, obviously, annual is going to tell you the best, the gives you give you the best picture of how things are going. 
uh, unless you're just seem to be losing an inordinate amount of people, then you may want to keep track of it on a quarterly basis to figure out what you may need to how you may need to course correct during the year as opposed to waiting a full calendar year before you make those course corrections uh, in your talent acquisition program. So again, that formula would be the retention rate as a percentage, which would equal the total employees still employed at the end of the period divided by total employees at the start of the period times 100. And that will give you your retention rate. And again, if you can keep that rate um, uh, below 10%, then you're doing pretty good. Um, if it creeps up above 10%, then you're above the industry norms in the design industry, and you may want to figure out how you can correct that. Um, we can certainly help you at Zweig and give you some ideas of ways that you can improve in this area. We do a number of surveys uh, that talk about some of the specific issues that come up that cause firms to lose good talent. Um, a lot of it has to deal with policies, um, procedures, benefits, um, and then, of course, other aspects of the organization when it comes to work and um, some of the projects that you're working on. Um, and one of the big issues that comes up a lot, especially from a retention standpoint, is um, personal development. Personal and professional development is huge. People want to be developed. People in your company want to be developed. And if they don't feel like um, they're being developed properly uh, for the future and for their own growth within the role that you've put them in, um, you know, they may look for greener pastures. Um, don't just settle on the fact that you guys are doing some great projects. Make sure you're doing some brown bag lunches. Make sure you're constantly teaching your folks the latest and greatest things within your discipline. Make sure you are encouraging these individuals to grow, um, even offering, you know, personal development programs like maybe a financial management program. You know, one of the studies have uh, studies have shown that a, a an employee that has um, gone through financial a financial fitness class at their organization is tends to be a happier employee because maybe they have their finances in order maybe they've got control over their finances maybe they're out of debt uh, an employee that is out of debt may work or perform better than one that is in debt now that's not fully scientific but there are some studies to show that there are tangible benefits to offering personal development programs internally within an organization that helps the individual employee uh, to perform better overall on their job. Um, so just keep that in mind. But this, this all applies to this retention rate formula and how you retain your people. And again, it goes back to engaging your people at many different levels, both on a professional as well as on a personal um, stage. So now when, when it comes to developing these key performance indicators for recruiting, you've, it, it, it forces you to ask some very specific questions. And I know a lot of you may be thinking, well, you know, Randy, this is this is great. And this is a lot of a lot of good information. I just don't know how we're going to implement this or why we should be implementing this. Um, it's simply this. You need to start asking the question um, that, uh, first of all, who's your audience when it comes to these KPIs? Who do you want to deliver this information to and how often do you want to deliver this information to them? 
Uh, and, and so a lot of times when people ask me about recruiting metrics and how a firm would implement them, the first thing that I say is that you need to go to all your stakeholders within your organization to determine what matters the most to them. So obviously your audience would be anybody in the C-suite, COO, CFO, um, CEO, um, head of HR, all of those individuals would have uh, a, a desire to learn information about um, about the recruitment process. Um, the second thing is, well, what information do they really want? Now, what the information that a CEO or COO may want may vary differently than what the head of HR may be looking for, uh, could vary differently from what um, one of your chief hiring managers would be looking for in terms of uh, information. So you have to be asking the right questions when it comes to key performance indicators, making sure that you're answering the proper questions um, for each and every individual on the team. Because again, you may have a different set of KPIs for each group. And I would break those segments out to specifically the, the top level um, executives within the organization uh, I would say HR and recruiting, and then I would say hiring managers. Uh, and then after that, you may be you know, sharing some information with your overall team, with the whole company. And, and you should be um, submitting information to your company from a, a talent acquisition standpoint on a fairly regular basis so that they know what's needed, that they know that the company is trying to grow by X and that we hope to add this number of people. I mean, this certainly plays into uh, you developing a uh, employee referral program, and that way employees can kind of get on board with management and understand that, man, if we grow by X, this is what this is going to do for us as a company. It means more money at the end of the day for the company, which possibly could mean more bonuses, could mean more money in people's salaries. All of all of this plays into this whole talent acquisition process. And, and, and it's just another reason why keeping track of the numbers is so important. Now, here are some things to do. Here are some things that you want to do back at the office. Um, after you've had a chance to watch this and kind of digest this information. And I know I'm throwing a lot at you and I'm throwing equations at you and formulas. Um, they're really not that hard to implement and they're basic numbers, but a couple of the things that you need to do when you get back to your office or uh, once you've turned this um, webinar off is go over all of your numbers uh, that you have internally at your company already at your disposal. Figure out if you have a format to keep track of them already, whether it's an Excel spreadsheet, whether you're using Salesforce, Jibe, Taleo, or any other, or pen and paper for that matter. It doesn't matter, but just make sure that you're keeping track of all your numbers. Um, and then the next thing I would say is to develop a monthly reporting mechanism to help you keep track of recruiting. And then you need to determine the frequency of the other KPI reports that you're going to put out, whether the frequency will be on a monthly, on a quarterly, or on an annual basis. You have to determine and figure out a frequency and a cadence that works for your organization and stick with it. Third, you want to share monthly reports with your entire firm. You want to let them know how many people left the company, how many people were um, applied to the firm, how many people you hired, uh, and keep track of those numbers. So if 
folks can have a pretty good understanding or idea of of how things are going on the talent acquisition front. You know, I've always told people that the best ambassadors for your company are the people that work for you. And if you can kind of help them understand uh, what some of your what some of the overall talent acquisition goals are for the whole firm, what you'll find there, you'll find little that each and every employee will be an ambassador, just like they are for the brand overall when it comes to doing work with your company. Um, they will be an ambassador for the brand when it comes to talking to other people about why it's so great to work at your firm. So you want to involve everybody on your team uh, with regard to these numbers. And it's it's really important to do. Um, number four, you want to try to focus on these metri metrics for optimum results. Um, and those metrics would simply be, if, if, if nothing else, you want to focus on the metrics of sourcing. What does that look like? Um, where are you finding your people? Are they all coming through Indeed or Craigslist? Are they all coming through employee referrals? Are they all coming from external recruiters or internal recruiters? Uh, are they coming off of LinkedIn? So you want to be able to define and, and determine uh, the sourcing methods that you're using and which ones work and which ones don't. The next metric that you want to focus on is interviewing. Uh, what does the interview process look like? Does it take too long? Are hiring managers dropping the ball? Are they asking the wrong questions in the interview process? Uh, I've talked about that a little bit in the next section that we're going to talk about, uh, which is session number five for becoming a better recruiter, uh, is the interview and offer stage. And so we'll get into that in more depth. But more, more, more important, you need to be thinking about the interview process and whether or not it is effective and that it's moving at a clip that suggests that you guys are taking people through the recruitment process as quickly as possible. Um, the next thing is hiring. Uh, how long does it take to physically hire someone once you've determined that you want to hire them? Are you dragging your feet? Um, are you requiring way too many people to um, sign off on someone before you can make a hire? Uh, is your um, application process too long. A number of these factors play into the hiring process. Um, what what are your normal um, bonuses offered? Uh, what are your normal, um, um, uh, uh, what is the normal offer stage per discipline, per position? Uh, all of this plays into that. And then finally, team performance management. And this, this really plays into across the board in all aspects of recruitment and retention, how is your complete team uh, performing in this process? Whether it's those that are doing all the interviews, those that are doing the, the sourcing and recruiting, um, as well as those that are doing the hiring, is everybody playing the role that they need to play? And are they doing it in a fundamental manner that um, it, it could be recognized as being a successful approach to recruitment and talent acquisition. Um, and it's very important, again, to kind of focus on those metrics overall to get the best bang for your buck. And again, sourcing, the interviewing process, the hiring process, and then the overall team performance management process. You want to make sure that in all four of those areas, you're having success and that you're able to, to accurately measure what is being done so that if there are areas of concern, you can address them early and often. Now, normally, obviously, we would have a Q&A stage uh, of this um, webinar, but um, because we're actually having to record this, 
Um, we, we will not have a Q&A section, but I would encourage you that if you do have questions, uh, even after watching this, please, please, please reach out to me, um, uh, send me a tweet, ask me a question, and we will get back to you and answer your specific questions uh, as it pertains to um, this whole idea of um, analytics and key performance indicators um, from the talent acquisition standpoint. I've set up a tip sheet for you that should help you out overall with the Becoming a Better Recruiter uh, program. And you can reach us at, at that website there, um, bit.ly forward slash ZGBBR tips. Uh, and obviously that kind of, it's kind of speaks for itself, but it's Becoming a Better Recruiter tips. And you can access that tip sheet. That will be up even after this program is over. Uh, we will continue to update it and add really good links there and other information that will be helpful to you um, for, from, for, from a talent acquisition perspective. Uh, I'd also ask that you take a very short employer survey that we've put out here at Zwei Group. And this survey is very important to us and I would love to get your feedback. Um, this survey, we, we will share the results with you. Uh, and we will also share with you some of the programs that we will be instituting in the near future that may um, go to further support uh, the employer survey that we've put together. So I'd, I'd love for you to participate um, in that and uh, be a part of um, be a part of that process. So if you get a chance, it's bit.ly forward slash AEC employer. Um, and all of this information will be in the show notes. Um, for those of you that are listening to this on podcast, uh, we'll make sure that you can find this information out on the show notes so that you can check it out for yourself in case you're out on a run and you're, um, uh, you happen to be um, listening to this particular podcast. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll share that information with you. Next up, we are um, doing uh, session number five, which is interviews and offers. Um, that's coming up on, I believe, October 13th, and we will be discussing the interview process. We will be talking about the best questions to ask in the interview process, the worst questions to ask in the interview process, um, the illegal questions that you should not be asking during the interview process. And of course, we'll talk about the offer stage as well and what that looks like. Uh, and all, all, in all honesty, as a recruiter and, and for someone that's been doing this for a good part of the last three decades, um, you know, the idea is that you really want to put your best foot forward when making uh, when doing interviews and you definitely want to put your best foot forward when making offers. So I really want to encourage you um, to uh, be a part of this session number five. Uh, it will be rolled out on October 13th. And um, again, we will put this out. It will be on YouTube. We'll send it out on GoToMeeting for those that physically sign up for this webinar. Uh, and it will also be available as a podcast as well. So certainly appreciate your participation um, through this webinar series. And that's session five. And then after that, we only have one more session. So here is the upcoming webinar schedule. And as you can see, October 13th, successful interviews and even better offers. Um, that will be the next um, uh, episode of this webinar schedule. And um, I guess that's really about it. 
I want to thank you uh, for participating in this Becoming a Better Recruiter webinar. Um, to continue the discussion about recruitment and retention online, use the hashtags BBRWebinar and hashtag Zweig Group. We will respond to anything posted on social media on this topic. As always, you can check us out online on Facebook at Zweig Group. Um, you can check me out personally on Twitter at Randy Wilburn. Um, I'll be more than happy to have a conversation with you there. We can take it offline. Uh, you can reach out to me via email at rwilburn at zweiggroup.com. And obviously, you can call me anytime at 617-828-9093. I want to thank you so much again for participating uh, in this webinar series, the Becoming a Better Recruiter webinar series. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, uh, and we look forward to continued feedback from you, um, the listener and the viewer. And we certainly uh, look forward to finishing up the next two episodes uh, of this series. Um, the next one, again, is October 13th, and that is um, interviews and offers. And then the final one, uh, which should be a blast, is going to be on social media, and that is November 1st of this year. So, um, Without further ado, I think that's about it. Listen, I want to thank you again. I hope you have a great day. Um, again, any feedback, any thoughts, any ideas, good or bad, please reach out to me. Let me know what you think about this webinar, uh, this particular one, as well as the overall webinar series. And we do look forward to chatting with you soon. Thanks and have a great day. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to this Swag Letter Podcast exclusive. We hope that you can apply Mark's no-holds-barred advice to your daily professional life. For a free transcript of this or any episode of our podcast, please visit info.zwiggroup.com slash podcast. If you want more wisdom and inspiration, in addition to information about finance, HR, and marketing your firm, subscribe to the print or digital version of the Zweig Letter online at zweiggroup.com slash publications.